Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are really wonderful, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So, Jonah, I know we always tell sort of a nostalgic story at the beginning of this podcast, and... Something that can be really nostalgic is reunions. And I heard that your 25th reunion just happened. Yes. 25th year reunion happened. I actually wasn't invited. I found out secondhand. Okay. That is a tough, tough thing (laughs) to... (laughs) I don't know if I wasn't invited on purpose or I don't have like a big kind of social media. Right, right. I thought it wasn't on purpose. I think you were pretty liked, Jonah. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I found out I have my, my friend... Michael and he he sent forwarded me the info and we had discussed going, but it just was wasn't in the cards for it me. It wasn't but in the cards. It wasn't no. in the cards. But this from the guy who was voted most radical. Yeah, I was voted so, most radical. Yeah. And so yeah, maybe a little too radical. Maybe a little too radical for twenty five. Maybe they felt like <laughs> they could but you know, I wanna our guest today, I bought his band's album in 1995 at Record Revolution in Cleveland. Wow. And so that's coming up on like that's around the same era. That was a few years before I graduated. So, yeah, um, you yeah. know, and their anniversary seems to be much more kind of celebrated and recognized. <laughs> and they, you know, they make people feel included, I guess, whereas like, right, maybe right, with me, right. not so much. Right. So totally. do you want to get into today's guest? Let's get into it, Jonah. All right. Our guest today is a frontman for a band you may have heard of called Everclear, best known for hit songs like Father of Mine, Santa Monica. They celebrated their 30th anniversary in 2022, and their live album, Live at the Whiskey A Go-Go, comes out on September 8th. Let's give it up for Art Alex Saukis. Well done, Joan. Well done. <laughs> Hi, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Good. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, and Art, I interviewed you a, a while ago, and I want to say it was for MySpace. So this is how long ago it was. And we had talked about, I had bought Sparkle <laughs> and Fade when it came out 
in 95 on green vinyl and it came with like a little seven inch. And that was my first vinyl record I ever bought for myself. Wow. It came with the little single, which was on red vinyl, right? Yep. 45. Came with a single on red. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you bought that in 95 there in Cleveland? Yeah. Yeah. I bought that at the store Record Revolution down on Coventry yep. where the Grog Shop was. I'm sure you guys played back there. Yeah. We played the Grog Shop many times coming up and we also did in stores. At, at that record store for sure yeah. right around yeah. the corner yeah yeah i got my nails done in the back room by some girl who wanted to do my nails with yeah with vamp and i said do you remember vamp you remember vamp it was a color that was y yes vamp yeah. that's such a nostalgic nail polish color absolutely kind of a dried blood yeah yeah dark it was a really dark kind of reddish bluish black basically right well yeah it was more of a, like a, a dried blood color that's how yeah they, that's a dried how blood color yeah i would yeah. say so who made vamp that's olivia do you remember was it urban decay or was it like opi i think it might have been urban decay yeah it rings a bell yeah but i would get silver sparkle and put it over my vamp nice if you look at us on the cover of spin magazine yeah. in 1996 you can see we all have different shades and and different states of disrepair on our on our nails. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's funny because nail polish can sometimes make your nails look nicer, but if they're not in great shape, it can sometimes highlight. Yeah, but it's kind of punk rock. Yeah, it's punk rock. Exactly. Exactly. And plus, I'm not a very exacting person. I would like. You know, right, you right, go. right, right. And so. Record Revolution is that Jonah? I don't know why I'm. Oh, Chanel. It was Chanel. Chanel. Vamp was Chanel. Whoa, sounds fancy. Well done, Olivia. But I did buy Urban Decay colors, and there was yeah. a vamp-like color in Urban, Urban Decay. Urban Decay was a really cool... They were very big. I, I think they still exist, but now they're more known, believe it or not, for their eyeshadow palettes. <laughs> Called Urban Decay? Really? Yeah, and the colors... It's funny because they've become sort of fancy, but they still have colors in there that are sort of like soiled and like, you know, <laughs> like they still try to use names for the different colors that are really kind of punk rock, but their products look fancy now and are expensive. So you're sort of like, I don't know how punk rock this is. Junkie chic is what we used to call it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly what Urban Decay is going for. What they're yeah. going for. Yeah. Yeah. So Jonah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you, uh, you didn't get accepted to your, you didn't get invited. <laughs> to your Thank you. Just for the record, I didn't get invited to my 10th. Yeah. Uh-huh. But between 10 and 20, I became famous. Sure. Yeah. Especially in Santa Monica, because it was Santa Monica High School, and I got invited. Shocker, <laughs> right? And then, but I didn't go. Yeah. And go. Then, then I think I went for my 30th. Okay. Where, no? No, I didn't go for... 25th? No, I went for my 20th. Okay. Yeah. I, I got invited for the 15th, and I'm like, I ain't going to that. Sure. But I went for my 20th, and I took my trophy wife at the time, who was much <laughs> okay. younger than me, and uh, pissed a lot of girls off that didn't like me back in high school, and, they, they, and then they saw it, you know, or junior high school. But not only high school, I went to junior high school. We called okay. it junior high school back in the 70s. Okay. Middle school now. So that, that, was, that was interesting. Did you have a good time at the 20th? I had a horrible time. Oh, you had a horrible time. I Well, no, I had a good time because it's a lot of people are like, but you weren't like very popular in school. <laughs> and you know, and I go, yeah, you were. And now you're fat and bald and you're, you're, right, and right, right. you're an insurance salesman, dude. 
Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Right, right, right. (laughs) You know, so there was a little bit of that. I was kind of enjoying that a little bit. But yeah. After a while, I'm just, they're all like, you want to go out to the parking lot and smoke some pot? And I'm like, clean and sober, man. Long time. Yeah. Gotta go. Wow. Look at the time. Gotta gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jonah, did you go to your 20th? I went to my 10. And we actually had a makeshift five-year reunion in someone's backyard that I, I went to remember briefly. This. And it was me and my friend walked up to it and <laughs> no one else was there except the guy hosting it and his family. And they had like, I think they had kegs or something. And I, and, oh and I was God. in my early 20s. And these people are very nice. This is no, no diss on them. But me and my friend were like, should we just run? <laughs> like, what if we're the only people here? And like, should we just run? What's worse, being here for four hours and feeling obligated or just making a break for it? We're still like, you know, we're still 23. It seems kind of acceptable. But we we stayed. More people showed up. Oh, but I didn't go nice after my 10. that's you stayed. I thought yeah. you were going to say that you ran. No, more people showed up. So yeah, it seemed. But Did you have fun? It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Sounds like it, it was, was nice. Okay. It sounds like... It sounds almost like going to someone's graduation party. Like you really weren't that far out of high school and you just were kind of being yeah. polite. This was also, if people know, listen to podcasts know if I get nervous in a situation when I was younger, I would just kind of run. Yeah. That Not even mood. when you were younger, John, I feel yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> um, ow, but- <laughs> ow, ow. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I think we all have this romanticized thing in our head that it's going to look like something out of a john hughes movie right sure right yes everyone's gonna be there and the lights are gonna be great and you know there's gonna be a cool band and man you know and i i went to santa monica high school and those people got money they got money and yeah it wasn't all that it was like this is a bummer (laughs) well well, mine was kind of magical because (laughs) I got on Saturday Night Live and then my reunion was like three months later (laughs) over Thanksgiving. So that was cool. (laughs) But the only thing about it was everyone, you know, you would think you'd go in and be like the other thing that's kind of romanticized is like you have made it, you know, and you go into your reunion and you like show everyone and you're like, fuck you. Like, I'm a big deal now. But everyone in my high school was so nice to me, at least to me. Sorry to sound like, I feel like I'm kind of gloating here and you guys are both (laughs) looking at me like, get out of here. I really liked high school. So everyone was just like, good for you. You know, like people weren't like, man, like, like, you know, whatever. Everyone was just like very sweet about it. So it wasn't as satisfying in like a, I showed you all way. If that makes sense, it was it was such a. I mean, that's 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 great. I I mean, how many people go, can actually say I liked high school? Yeah, that's like saying you liked middle school. I know. That, I mean, that's yeah. That's yeah. like, but you know, you're a nice you're a nice lady. I'm, I'm sure you're you. a nice girl. I was not. I had hair <laughs> down to hair. I had the full James Dean, but you know, seventies James Dean thing going on, and I was. Dealing drugs across the street. Got it. There's a, it. There a hotel with a with a diner, and that everybody hung out in the morning. And yeah, that's kind of the I I got into that in tenth, eleventh grade. I I I was a smart kid. I did well on the SATs, but I didn't want to go to college. I yeah. wanted to play with guitar, chase girls, and do drugs. Little did I know you could do that in college. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like it all worked out for you and kind of fed into like who you became, which is, you know, really successful. And I know a lot of your life is reflected in your music and stuff. And so, 
you know, you have to have those life experiences. Yeah, a certain amount. I mean, everyone thinks I write all my songs are autobiographical because I write from the first person. I'd say about a third of them are. Got third it, of got them it. Are, right, right, right. Third, I take, <laughs> you know, things from my life and make kind yeah. of composites. And then another third, I just write, you know, I just mm-hmm. write fiction. But if I can do that and someone listening can't tell the difference, then I'm doing my job as a yeah. writer. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Truth does not necessarily have to be historically uh, documented. It's so right. true. Yeah, that's true. Do yeah. you think it's possible to write a good song about people being nice to you in high school? <laughs> not for me. No. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I don't they know were, if it's possible. They were not, but they were nice to me. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had what they wanted, and I was kind of scary, and I had scary friends, so they were going to be nice to me. Jonah, do you think you people know? ever thought you were scary because you were voting yes. most radical? I do. I I had a you know I had septum ring, I had shaved head. I think I was I had you know like a goatee or something. I think I I could have been, but you were that kid, and your sister was not that kid, not at all. But no. also, Jonah, I gotta say this, okay? Sure, and maybe not a goatee, more more one of those chin strap beards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also pretty slender guy. Like, sure, I sure. would say you were you didn't have like an imposing figure, if that makes sense. So that's true. I was never. I never saw yeah. you as scary. Maybe but not. Scary, I could see but people thinking just... you were like. I could see people maybe thinking you were scary because you're kind of into punk music and you were right. Well, well, art like you know, obviously, like punk and this stuff in the '90s was not what it is now. And I was curious for you, your own listening, because to me, like Sparkle and Fate, Everclear, obviously. Set a long career, a lot of like mainstream radio hits. But to me, Sparkle and Fate is like, it's like a heavy record. Like Electra Made Me Blind, like a lot of the songs are really heavy. And so I'm curious, like if punk was a big influence on you, especially in like that that kind of form of years. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I heard the Ramones. I had read about the Ramones. Like we didn't have the internet, right? Back in the 70s. Yeah. We had Circus Magazine, Cream Magazine, Rolling Stone. And I was reading about this punk thing going on in England and in uh in new york it started in new york yeah you ask kids today and they're like oh no it started with the sex pistols i go no not even close sex pistols became a band because they were kids who saw the ramones play in london back in 1976 right 75 76 and i remember hearing the ramones and i'm just like i remember reading about it going songs are too fast they're too loud they got no guitar solos, and those all sounded like positive things to me. Sure. You know? Yeah. You know? And because I grew up loving old school rock and roll, like old oldies, you know, and Eddie Cochran and Chuck Berry and, and Little Richard and a host of other black artists that never got the credit they deserved, right? Sure. But um, those bands, to me, when I listen back to Little Richard, there's nothing more punk than that. I mean, come on. Deep South. Mid fifties, obviously trans, gay, black man out there screaming about long tall Sally and very, very sexual stuff, which white people are like, oh, long tall Sally. Man, we're talking <laughs> about a prostitute. You know, I saw Uncle John with long tall Sally jump back in the, you know, saw Aunt Mary come and jump back in the alley. Not good. Gonna have some fun tonight. I mean, that stuff was punk 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 rock and when music kind of went back to that older school of more simple guitar driven not guitar solos not long hair just everything streamed down that appealed to me big time 
And so that was a part of me, my music, but so was Led Zeppelin. So was Black Sabbath. Sure, sure. Because when they, when those bands came out and Cheap Trick and Aerosmith, those bands were, were cutting edge and, and very intense and would piss off, piss off your mom. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, Hey mom, do you like this? Nope. Okay. I'll take two, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but my influences, you know, went through new wave, punk rock, classic rock and then hip-hop was big for me if you listen to a lot of the my cadences like in the song wonderful that's a hip-hop cadence that's like a new jack swing hip-hop cadence and was that consciously done not really that's just the way it came out of me because i grew up in a housing project when my my mom left my dad and he just split and didn't pay child support because he got all butthurt how dare she leave him after he was abusive you know, yeah, that's my dad. And she raised me up the best she could. She was always there for me, loved me fiercely my whole life. Yeah. You know, and but growing up in the housing project was both hard and great because it turned me on to different cultures and music and made me way more inclusive in my life of, of people and judging people by their actions and what's in their heart and not by what they look like. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And I think my music has all those things going on. It has country from my mom. My mom was a hillbilly. So my oldest sister loved Motown, huge R&B influence in all my music. But when it comes down to it, I'm a rock guy with kind of a hard rock, punk rock guy, singer-songwriter. That's what Everclear is, a singer-songwriter and a hard hard rock slash punk rock band. Yeah. So we're crazy like that but at the time for you as a kid in 1995 sparkle and fade was a pretty intense record compared to you know a lot of the other alternative records that were coming out then yeah and i was talking about stuff heroin girl i mean you know there was some yeah some subjects there yes and i remember that video maybe it was heroin girl where it's like you guys are kind of playing and there's like people are like going nuts all around you it's like a party kind of i think a Maybe I'm mistaken, but uh, was it in a blue room? No, it like almost seemed like an outdoor. I know what you're talking about. It wasn't a party. It was that a skate park? Skate park. Was yes, that a skate it was park. In Bl- the famous Burnside Burnside Bridge skate that park. That was at Burnside. In- okay, mm-hmm. at Burnside. Yeah. So you you've heard of Burnside? Yes. Yeah, that, yes. Burnside, Portland, and w- that's that was our first video when we signed to Capitol. Wow. And um, we actually got uh, this guy Sam Bauer, who's like. Sam Bear, who had done uh, not related Spirit to us, but I wish he was not related yeah. to us, but same last name, right? Yeah, but he spelled it differently. He he spelled it like Max Bear, a B A E R. Oh, the okay. Because okay. there is a okay. more Sam Bear too. Okay. Yeah, Sam Bear. That's okay. But that's I, I thought that's how he spelled it. Anyways, either way, he's um, not really- he wanted to do a, a really cool video, and Claire Danes was going to be in it, and John Doe from X, and all these big actors. Wow. And the label wouldn't give him the budget for that. Wow. They're like, nah, these are a developmental band. They're not, that's not going to work. We'll give you a, a third of that. And Sam wouldn't do it. So they went to someone else and we had to do it under the bridge in Portland. Well, I got to say, I thought so it was awesome. Yeah. I, as a 16 year old kid in Ohio, seeing like a band like you guys playing with like, under a skate park with all these kids hanging out. I was like, this is what I was hanging in Dunkin' Donuts parking lot with like six kids. So this yeah. to me was like incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like a really like 
kind of epic version of the Dunkin' Donuts thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, man. Yeah. Not a fan. I Not was hanging at a yeah. little place you might have liked more called Coffee and Creations. Yeah, that was our local chain. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I live in the muffins. Northeast now, and there's a Dunkin' Donuts every 10 feet. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. 10 feet. Yeah. Vanessa, do you still live in uh, Cleveland? No, I'm in LA now. So I. Um, oh, that's so right. You I, told me that. Yeah. I'm hanging out at, uh, you know, <laughs> Groundwork, um, Go Get 'em Tiger, you know, trying to name other coffee places that. Do we even, because you're here, do we have Dunkin' Donuts in LA? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're here. Okay. My, okay. my wife is, my wife, Vanessa, her name is Vanessa. Oh. Was born in Boston. And she's one of those few people that, not few people, many people think that their coffee is really good. It's not. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. But they think, they, 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 and their donuts aren't even good. You live in LA. We have Winchell's Donuts. That used to right. be big when I was a kid. Right. Winchell's Donuts are great. You're going to eat donuts. But since I'm not eating gluten or sugar, I'm not eating a lot of donuts these days, unfortunately. There's this place that just opened that, oh, no, sugar. Okay, never mind. There's this place that opened that has taro donuts that are made taro? of taro. Yeah, with Ugh. taro. Have you ever it's, had poi? No. It's also gross. Okay. Unless you're a Pacific Islander that grew up with it in your culture, and they yeah. like taro. But if you yeah. just eat taro, it's not good. It's, yeah. It, it's, these aren't bad, huh? But then again, if you put enough sugar... I think what you're talking about is probably better. <laughs> if you put enough sugar and vanilla extract into something... Taste yeah, good. that's right. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I, I've got some issues with Dunkin' Donuts. They restructured their rewards program. So yeah. you might want to tell your wife if she's <laughs> if she's a Dunkin' Rewards user. Oh, Jonah's. What's really funny is like I read an audition to do like a voiceover thing for Dunkin' Donuts, like a, a um like a commercial, like a commercial, like a voiceover for a commercial, and kind of be the voice of Dunkin' Donuts. And I knew I wouldn't get it because on this podcast, Jonah talks so much trash about the Duncan rewards <laughs> program that I, yeah. like, I can't save Even, 30 cents on a coffee so Vanessa's probably lost a job so to pay like, like two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> that would have been a lucrative Oh, gig. totally. Sure, and my, sure, I said sure. to my, my, I was like to my manager, I was like, should I even audition for this? And they were like, well, you could probably just take, you know, deal with it after and see if you could take it out of it. And I was like, it's in almost every podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would just, I would just let that one go. Blame yeah. it on Blame yeah. it on your brother's mustache. I'm sure yeah. you yes. do. It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can just blame it on I, me. The, 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 just blame it on me because you yeah. don't really, you don't really yeah. care. You have other stuff going on. It's this is my battle. <laughs> so. Vanessa, how long were you on Saturday Night Live? At? I was on for seven years. I was on from 2010 to 2017. Now, were you just acting or were you writing too? Well, we did both actually. We, you know, I think a lot of people, it's a really good question because I think a lot of people don't know that the cast writes, but we did both of them. So usually if the cast, not always, but a lot of times if the cast has like a pretty big part in a sketch, they probably were, they might, it's likely that they were one of the writers on it. Yeah. We were the musical guest. March of 19, it was in March of 1996 with Santa Monica, right? And that was the first show that Lauren Michaels, up until then, yeah. they always gave the band two singles. Right. You come out and you play your hit, and then you play your new single. Right. Always. And that was the first show where Lauren said, no, nah, no one really wants to hear your new single. And cut me and i was pissed off 
And I didn't say, I didn't get mad at him. I just walked away. And a new guy who was like first year on there came over and sat and talked to me. And I remember we laughed and he was really funny and he was great. And I had forgotten all about that. And then back in like, whenever Ricky Bobby came out, you know, with Will Ferrell, yeah, and I was paneled next to him. We, we played on Jay Leno on Tonight Show. And Will goes, man, it's great to see you again. I go, have we met? I didn't, he goes, yeah, man, don't you remember when when you got your song booted and sitting up in the rafters for like an hour? And I'm like, man, that was that was Will Ferrell. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. God. That's incredible. Just, did he ever, was he ever a guest on the show when you were there? Yeah, he hosts, he's actually been on, we had him on this podcast. We're on his, actually on his podcast network. We're on his podcast a, network. He, he did a podcast with us. Oh, Funnier, Funnier Die, the whole Funnier Die thing. Actually, it's called Big Money Players is his podcast network now. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's part of iHeart. And so, yeah, he was a host a couple times while I was there and he was so... He's such a nice guy. He's so a um, nice guy. Yeah, he just really it's really nice cuz you know stuff like that I feel like at SNL constantly for the cast in different ways stuff is getting cut out and you're always kind of like dealing with like having to balance, you know, being disappointed and still having to do this live show and it's kind of a hard thing to do but there's always people in the cast and writing and the crew and everything there's always like those people that are so nice that can kind of lift you back up when you're feeling sort of down about that but did you only do so did are you saying you only did one song we did one so we did two songs but they were we did our next single heart spark dollar sign but he told us that it wasn't going to get played they only played the one song because they wanted to get this this other he wanted (laughs) this other skit that wow uh, And, and the host was john goodman john goodman wow yeah yeah, it, it was really enjoyable. It was a great experience. It was really like, funny because we had shows before that, and and then we had to cut off because rehearsal started, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, and we had to be there. Yeah, and we had shows the weekend before, and I was flying to Baltimore for a show on that Monday, and my guitar went to Brussels. Oh my god! Oh my god! Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> Belgium. It's in Belgium. If you really want to, what kind to of chat. guitar was it? A Gold Top Les Paul, my favorite oh my guitar. It's oh it, it, it. It was in the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for twenty years. They they just gave it back to me and took another guitar. And I love that guitar. I don't even I don't even play it live, but uh, they sent it to Brussels, oh and God. so I had to go to New York and get while well, my management's trying to find out where it is and get it sent. And I had to go to Sam Goody's, you know, over Midtown and get a guitar and wasn't the same. And, yeah. you know, I'm all freaked out. Sure. And for some reason, I listened to someone and I wore a purple shirt the night we played. I don't wear purple. I'm not a purple guy. I'm a punk rock guy, but I wore purple. And because they're like, oh, no, it'll go with this new black guitar you got. And then day of the show. Guess what shows up? My gold top. <gasps> and yeah, I'm I'm wearing a purple shirt playing a gold top. And um, <laughs> I think those colors are actually very complimentary. Yeah, but that's you. You're a woman. Okay. <laughs> no offense. And I don't mean that in any derogatory no, way. No, I didn't. You have your point of view. And, and trust me, I would rather a woman think, wow, you look cool, than a guy yeah. go, Well, man, you look kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. 
But I wanted to look cool what I thought looked cool. I've yeah. always been that way. I, I still, to this day, I take fashion and I I kind of just make it my own and pisses my wife off because she's got much better fashion values than me. Like we got a wedding to go to next week and I'm looking for a suit, but I want a really slim cut suit. And I'm having a hard time finding it because fashion is getting away from that. I know yeah. this has been a big problem for me because my my wife is also very fashionable and I'm into like skinny jeans and stuff and she's like no yeah. this, these are not cool anymore and I'm like no these are cool like everyone thinks these they're are cool, cool to me like, they're cool to me but not cool apparently to anyone else anymore yeah it's kind of it's kind of where I'm at you know it's funny because guys will find their niche right yeah where where they get their look and like I had the 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 blonde hair the earrings. You know, the chain belt, the wallet chain, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. That was my look. And that's when I was at my alpha. And guys, it's funny. I've known so many guys that grabbed their look from either the late 80s or early 90s or whenever it was. And they don't ever let go. <laughs> ever. Ever. And women are just like that look on Vanessa's face like <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, har- it's hard to explain it's hard to explain when you put something on because you're like, this doesn't feel like me. And everyone's like, yeah, but it looks a lot better. Like, <laughs> right. But to you, it doesn't. I know. I wouldn't try it on a suit and it's like all baggy. I felt like, yeah, I feel like I was like trying to sell somebody, you know, like something at, at, a, at a racetrack or something. You I, know? Know. Like, I know. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Over here. I, got I feel something. like a little kid sometimes when I'm wearing baggy clothes. Like, I feel I like, know. Yeah. Not, yeah, not cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd encourage both of you to get therapy. <laughs> hey, Vanessa, whether you know her or not, you're our therapist right now. Thank so. you so much. Well, our <laughs> good you. news, I, I actually am a therapist, Julie's so a I can I can help you too. Are you are you an MFT? Recently, recently, I have a, a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, and I'm I'm doing my postgraduate hours to be an LMHC. But Joni used to be a music journalist, so I that's maybe where it's probably seems like he's claiming a lot of jobs, right? I went back to school in 2019, <laughs> and so I actually want to work with artists and musicians on mental health issues once I'm licensed um, in a year or two, a couple of years. That's very interesting. You know, I went back to school. I didn't, I didn't finish my college degree, and I promised my mom. She died in 2006, and she wanted me to finish it. Not that I need it. But yeah. I, yeah. And I got another year and a half in, under my belt. And I, I'm about six to nine credits away from having my ADST, which is uh, alcohol drug certification, so I can work with people in, oh, um, wow. in recovery. Amazing. And I've been in recovery for 34 years. And uh, I'm about 15 credits, maybe, maybe a little bit more, about a year, year and a half from getting my degree in psychology wow so wow. amazing but I'm, I'm not going for the i'm not going for the mft i i also spent the last couple of years doing like i did research on like the best life coaching because i wanted to work as a coach for creative so i've got three master coaching credentials just life coaching sobriety coach and creative coach working with creative people amazing and, like actors musicians producers i know that world because i've been yeah. in it for 30 sure. some years i right. know those i know people you know like like even us i mean i you and i probably have a lot more in common than you would with with someone who hasn't been in that world especially when you audition i know about audition 
auditions. I know about getting your ass kicked in auditions. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to talk about riders. And I absolutely go insane on my riders too. So I'm Oh, excited. really? Do you really? <laughs> well, I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, we'll get into it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators, Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Okay, so we were talking about what our topic today would be. And you were saying, Art, that a lot of times when your band goes on tour, you kind of request sort of nostalgic things on your riders. And do you, do you want to get into that a little? And when I said earlier, sure. I go insane. I just, I love free food and free stuff. So I more go insane in a sense of quantity over quality. But go ahead. For people who don't know, uh, it's, it's what they call a backstage rider. Right. And it's basically saying, I would like this kind of bread, this kind of like a deli tray, fruit tray. Rock bands will try to put alcohol on there, like a bottle of whiskey, like, like Jack Daniels, like vodka. And most of the times, promoters just go, nope, 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 depending right. on how big the band is. Right. Cause there's a budget and that's negotiated when the contract's negotiated. I'm sure it's similar for you with your agent who you know because agents for actors are different than agents for for right right and i'm primarily just to give you context i'm primarily talking about especially when i was on snl i would do a lot of stand-up shows like at colleges and so it would be right that's yeah so those were sort of right and jonah's band i know jonah my band was a lot of carrots and hummus, maybe some <laughs> celery sticks. That was kind of the extent of what we were getting. Maybe a case yeah, of water. But you would ask for batteries so, yeah. too, right? Yeah, we'd ask for stuff, but yeah. You always ask for batteries. Really? Yeah. Yeah, batteries and water because it's for all your effects yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that, that that aren't plugged in. So you always get batteries and they, they always go ahead with that. We're pretty good about our, our backstage writer. We would rather take the buyout, you know, sure. so there's a budget. So they'll go shopping for you and the balance of that budget they'll give you the money and then you just distribute it between the band but what we do for fun a lot of times 
that we were talking about earlier is that we'll ask for things on the writer that don't <laughs> exist anymore, haven't existed for 30 or 40 years. Like one time we asked for a carton of Merit cigarettes. Merit hasn't made cigarettes since 1983. They're, they were horrible when they made them. <laughs> I never smoked them, even when I smoked cigarettes. But we asked for Merit cigarettes. And we also asked for these things called Pearl Drops. Do you guys remember Pearl Drops? Kind of. No. Of course you I don't. Know. You're way too young. Pearl Drops were tooth polish that was made pretty much from some sort of petrochemical and pure sugar or corn syrup. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, they had ads on TV where people would brush their teeth. After you brush your teeth with toothpaste, then use Pearl Drops and they'll leave your all your white and you know a little sparkle coming up and nice and smooth and it was just like some sort of liquid rubber product with <laughs> with oil and lots of sugar wow and uh pearl drops okay so yeah do the research yeah. on it olivia I now dare have you. you ever asked for something nostalgic and they've been able to get it no <laughs> never not once i'm looking for some of the other things was a carnation on. instant breakfast or something like that yes okay. yes do you even remember that i did some research yes, on that i remember it because i remember one time on <laughs> i remember one time on yom kippur because you know you have to fast i remember asking our mom yeah. if we could if i could have a carnation instant breakfast because for some reason we <laughs> had it in our cabinet and she was like you can. And I was like, well, if, but you're acting like, I still remember her being like, if you want it, you can. And I was like, well, mom, treat me like a, an adult who's like actually fasting. And she was like, <laughs> well, technically it is. She's like, you're not really supposed to have it. So I remember not being able to have it because it was Yom Kippur. But it's just a bunch of chemicals. It's probably not food. And it's not kosher. Not There's even no kosher. close. Yeah, yeah. Not, not even close. And I eat a lot of kosher food. I'm not Jewish. I just eat a lot of kosher food when, when I get it because... Yeah. I like yeah. the process that goes for it. It's but, clean. Yeah. But uh Carnation Instant Breakfast, I remember we had Jonah, we always weirdly had it in our house, but nobody ate it. It's sort of like when we were talking yeah. about A1 yeah. sauce. A1 sauce is still relevant. Don't go yes. there with me. Sure, I've sure, got, sure. I've got I've got a bottle right there and I'll guzzle it just to just to prove it. Quisp cereal. Yes. Came out we, in the late we had 60s. we did an episode with Weird Al Yankovic and we talked about Quisp cereal. That was our topic. Yes. There was two cereals that came out at the same time. Yes. There was Quisp, whose character was a alien. Like, you yeah. know, and he had little yeah. names. Like, do you guys remember the other one? It was Quisp and... It was like a guy with a truck or some kind of... I can't remember the It was a lumberjack. Yeah. Lumberjack. It was a lumberjack. It was Quisp and Quake. Quake, yes. Yeah. Yes. They were the same cereal, but the shape was different. Same cereal. <laughs> All corn syrup and corn. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it was, they were horrible. King vitamin cereal, which you would always get a crown in. Oh. And that's, it's a, uh, Topol, this is a good one. Topol smoker's toothpaste. That was Whoa. toothpaste to take the dinge off your, your teeth for if you were a smoker. My mom always bought the Topol. For sure. Fresh enough gum. Do you guys remember that? They still have something kind of like that. And that came out in when I was in eighth grade. And it was like kind of like bubble yubble. Okay. Bubble yubble. Okay. You, yeah. You know, kind of that whipped big chewing gum, you know, like that strawberry. Yeah. Or or, or watermelon gum that, yeah. that all the bubble girls at malls 
bubble yum. Yeah. Okay, it was like bubble yum, which came out about the same time, which is still around. But sure. inside of it, it would have like mouthwash, which is just basically sugar, right? Just sugar, like like a syrup inside the gum. Yeah. Piece of gum. So it would sort of like brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Welcome to welcome to the seventies. Banaka breast spray. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I that remember Banaka. That was like a big. Okay. It was kind of a cinematic thing too. I people. I feel like people spraying Banaka in their mouths was like a big thing you saw on TV and in movies. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was a dated thing. It was 60s, 70s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um the last one is I don't even know if they, they still make they had these mints that weren't really mints. They were called certs. Do you remember certs? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. And, and, yes. and they were made with retsin. And no one knows what retsin is because it doesn't really exist. Right. They would really plug the retsin. Yeah, but they would I Companies would do that. They would say, it's, you know, come get the broasted chicken. Broasted, which is broiled and roasted. Broasted, right? Uh, that was a big deal. That Talk about nostalgia. You can still drive down downtown LA and see like like faded paint on buildings that say broasted. Okay, chicken. okay, okay. Wow. Uh, and there's still some places that have broasted chicken. And... uh not a real, not a real thing. It's just not a real thing. But to go back to certs, were they? Yeah, I want to. I want to revisit certs too. I, I gotta go. Yeah, because certs, I feel like we're big in our household. Our mom always had a roll of certs. It had that silvery paper on it, and I feel like every time we're or gold or gold, and every time we're in the car, yeah. I felt like. Yeah, you're just popping a cert. They were white with those like blue kind of speckles on them. They almost the look like, not like an eyeball, but in the sense that there was like blue in the middle, but the blue would sort of be on the white part too. Yeah, but she would buy these kind of 10 packs. She yeah, would buy that was huge... later, Vanessa. Oh, that was, that was later. later. Okay, That was later when they had the blue thing in the middle. That was in the 80s and 90s. Okay, I'm okay. In the 60s and 70s, they, they were just either white or if they were like a wintergreen, they'd have green speckles on it. Or if they were blue, they would right. have uh, you know, like whatever that was. No, spearmint would be green and wintermint would be blue. And uh, the cinnamon ones, which I liked, have the like Red and, reddish kind of speckles Yeah, our, our mom but, did yeah. always have them in her car and purse. Yeah, because how old's your mom? Your mom's probably closer to my age. She was born in 1949. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. She's 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 twelve years older, thirteen years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So certs were discontinued in two thousand eighteen. Wow. And Wikipedia says possibly for having partially hydrated cottonseed oil, which is not allowed as an ingredient in food sold in the United States since then. So it mm -hmm. almost sounds like this became illegal, and they were like, "Well, we just can't make certs anymore." Wow. Yeah. That's pretty recent. Well, yeah, but I haven't seen a pair. of pack of certs on a counter or in a in a candy thing 30 years at least since they're the going for like 50 bucks for three rolls of certs now because people are like trying to like sell them on ebay Whoa. they're like so rare so there's an article on here how like certs certs have, have appreciated in value more than bitcoin like people are like loving just like <laughs> we should well, just all invest in certs that's a Wow, so certs are worth more than Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. I think on, on a relative scale somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah. It's yeah. like I yeah, was, I'm heavily invested in Bitcoin. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Invest in some certs too. 
<laughs> it's funny because I was just in Cleveland and when I'm in like mom's car or dad's car, they don't have certs, but they've really seamlessly transitioned into the mints that like they come in like a circular. Oh, Tic Tacs? No, the, they come in a circular thing. Oh, Al- Altoids? Altoids? No. No, no, no. I'll never be able no. to. Okay. Those are 90s. Tic Tacs okay. are older, but Tic-tac. the Altoids came out in the 90s and I, I was... People always want an Altoid. I go, I really don't like the word. I don't like the oil in the word. It sounds yeah. not good. Yeah. And you put it in your mouth and you'd be like, this is horrible. Yeah. I hated it. I, hated I, I, didn't, I didn't like them either, but if they felt kind of fancy because they were in that tin. So I felt oh, like they were yeah. fancy. if someone offered you one, you felt like they were kind of like being very, you're like, oh, I guess I should take this like fancy mint. And then they were disgusting. Yeah. And then it burned a hole in your tongue. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I I think mom and dad could have some rolls of certs at their house from like 10 years ago that we should try to sell. I'm I'm sure they do. You you think your mom and dad went bullish on the certs? I think they bought so many that some could have rolled under the the couch. I don't know. I think they could be around. Okay, I think the mints that they might have now are icebreakers mints. Icebreakers. Oh, okay. Well, that's, you know what? That's probably by the, those are very commercial. That's probably by the same people who made the certs back in the day. And I bet you, I'll bet you money. It's the same stuff in a different mold, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Except none of the thing that you're not allowed to. seed oil, I believe. No retsin. Probably no No retsin. Vanessa, what's the other thing you were into that got banned? Olestra? Oh, yeah. Remember wow (laughs) chips? What? I would have put those on my right. Wow. There was this thing called wow chips that came out in the 90s that were these chips that had Olestra in them. And it was this fat that was too big for oh, your body. Oh, that was the fake fat. Yeah. It was the yes. fake fat. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. No, I remember when that stuff came out, Olestra. It was that fake fat. And it would just go right through. Yeah. <laughs> right through. Yeah. Yeah. It lasted like about... Eight minutes, maybe. Yeah, it was like worth it, I thought. I mean, it tasted delicious. (laughs) It was like you were eating real chips. Like, you know, there were all these, like, in the 90s, there were all these low-fat chips that tasted bad. And it was like, oh, these have... I think they had, like, zero calories in them because your body couldn't (laughs) digest them. So it was like, okay, these taste delicious. And I have to just, like, you know, not to be crude, but I just have to sit on the toilet for eight minutes. Uh, Where do I sign? You know what I mean? (laughs) I love those chips and those are now illegal, I think. Although I think we looked it up and maybe there's some form of them is still being sold. Yeah. Here, I, that, that'll, that illustrious stuff. I remember when it was a big push when it came out, it was big yep. fat. And I was such a scrawny guy at the time. And I'm just like, yeah. Why wouldn't you just eat real chips? That. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and you know, going through all these different diets. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but I got diagnosed with MS multiple sclerosis about seven years ago. So diet's a big deal for me, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm gluten-free. I'm, I have to keep the fat down because I have liver issues. Welcome to my 60s. And I lived a pretty hard life up until I got clean and sober at 27. Wow. 27. Yeah. And uh, But but still, I, I had done a lot of damage. So I'm very particular. I, I read a lot of labels. Yeah. I can't have yep. processed sugar. You know, my wife is celiac. Okay. So gluten is is an issue for us. But that being said, looking at stuff on labels, they didn't have that information in the 70s. Yeah. Most of the 80s. Yeah. They would just, they didn't have that. That was actual laws passed that 
made it so that people had to say, what's in this product? Because before they would just say, this contains rests in this magical yeah, space yeah. age thing that n- they never you had to look explain. It up, really. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it, and it was one, it probably, probably was nothing in it, right? Retson was just more sugar, or it was something that someone came up with that is really like a luster. It's not good for you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. And right. So, right. So now there's much more accountability, which is a good thing. Do you guys have kids? Do you both have kids? No, neither of us does at this point. Okay. But our when last time I interviewed you for MySpace, I think your daughter was about to go to college. So MySpace. My eldest daughter, who's 31 now and married. She I was afraid you'd say that because I was like, this is gonna make me feel old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, MySpace. I think it might have been about the war the warp tour. Did Everclever play Warp Tour? I'm trying to think what was it. Yes, yeah, so I played I did play Warp Tour. We played it in two thousand. 14, right? My daughter was going to college. We okay. We had never played it before, but we played on the Legends stage where they put the old bands. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I seem to remember that. Okay. We, that might have been talking yeah. about that. But um, yeah. yeah, now I have a daughter. My youngest daughter is going into her sophomore year. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. Well, just to go back to writers and colleges, I, as I was saying, I played, I mostly did, um, by played, I mean, did stand up at <laughs> colleges. And I would, at the end of the night, whatever I hadn't eaten, I would tell the college kids who put the show together to take, especially if I was like getting on a plane. And I really think that a lot of the stuff I would order, I would purposely order because it was expensive. So, and then I would try and tell these college kids who at some point before they booked me thought I was cool, I'd be like, you should take this almond butter. I was like, I'd be like, this stuff is really expensive. Like this is organic. Like this costs at least $12. And they'd be like, uh, okay. And I'd be like, you should take these, you know, and sometimes I'd have like those like kind of expensive, like those nice, like gluten-free crackers or whatever, you know, I'd be like, you should take these like in any kind of whole foods, these are going to cost you. These are going to go between like eight and $14. And again, they're like, like, we just want to go home. We just want to go. You were so not cool anymore because those kids never had to pay for anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we would have taken this, but like the fact that you're telling us to take it and telling us the value of it makes us not want it. So you guys are at the, at the very beginning of being millennials, right? Yeah. I'm a little too old. I was born in 79. So I think I just kind of missed it, but Vanessa's 81. So yeah, yeah. I think it started in 80. Yeah. Well, my wife was born in 82. Okay. So she's, She's kind of a millennial, but you guys don't act like millennials. She doesn't act like a millennial. Thank you. You're you're closer to being a Gen Xer. I was on the other side of it. In 62, I was born like in between baby boomers and Gen Xers. So I'm kind of in that gray area. Yeah. In between. And it's funny because I have beliefs and habits and, and, you know, just traits, I guess you call it, from both. Yeah. You know, because I'm I'm right in the middle there. You know, I'm not a boomer where I'm like, you know, oh, rah, 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 you know, I'm not yeah. that guy. But sometimes but does it, your wife say to you, okay, boomer? <laughs> <laughs> not if she wants me to pay the mortgage. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. As I look over my shoulder, did she hear that? Um, <laughs> I've got a younger wife. I got to tread lightly, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then, Art, do you feel ready to play a f- super fun game? Let's go. Yes. Okay. We'll be right back. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and we're back. So... We're going to play a game now where we bring up nostalgic. We thought this would be a good game given that you're kind of into nostalgic stuff. And so are we. That's the whole, I guess, theme of our podcast. We bring up nostalgic products, shows, etc. that are making a comeback. And if you're into them, you can give them a yes-stalgia. Yes-stalgia. And if you're not into them, you can give them a no-stalgia. No, 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 no-stalgia. No-stalgia. Okay, Jonah, do you want to read? Well, maybe I should read this first one, Jonah, because I think you should definitely read the second one. Okay, go for it. The first one is Pac-Man is making a comeback. First released in 1980, Pac-Man became the iconic game of the decade. It was might have been easy to play, but tough to master. And now it's kind of making a comeback. So far, Pac-Man has raked in over $14 billion and sold around 48 million copies. As a game, it's just like people are starting to buy it again, get into it again. What do you think about the comeback of Pac-Man? Yes, Stalger. Yes, Stalger. Okay. All right. All right. And I'll tell you what, here in Pasadena, and my daughter loves to go to it, and I love to go to it too, there's an arcade where all they have is vintage like 70s and oh wow games like my favorite was zaxxon i don't know if you guys remember zaxxon it was one of the first 3d games wow but i remember in the early 80s i had a girlfriend that worked down in santa monica somewhere and next door while i was waiting for her to get off work was a a drugstore that had a ms pac-man and i became very proficient at the ms pac-man Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's a yes, soldier for you. Yeah. Yes. And Ms. It's Pac-Man a fun game. was just Pac-Man with a bow. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. But not a ton of difference. Jonah, are, is this a yes, soldier for yeah, you? Yeah. Yes, soldier for me, for sure. I, I think these games are cool. I think they're fun. I, I feel like now, like cartoons and video games are all like 3D and all this stuff. And I don't need that. I like it. Just, just simple, basic, I think. I, I really like that this is coming back. Vanessa, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm into it. I'm Yo, I'm excited that people are into it. It feels very nostalgic, but also simple, but 
great game. Yep. All right. So we're in agreement on that. So our second topic for Yes Nostalgia is the Beefy Crunch Burrito returns to Taco Bell this week after winning a fan vote. I guess Taco Bell had a fan vote with their app and they want to bring back this Beefy Crunch Burrito is coming back, which is seasoned beef and rice, nacho cheese, reduced fat sour cream and Fritos Flamin' Hot Corn Chips. It hasn't been available since 2018. It was introduced in 2010. And so, yeah, uh, what do you think about the return of this? Does this sound good to you, bad to you? What do you think, Art? I think it's a sign of the apocalypse. (laughs) But um, I'm old school when it comes to Taco Bell, meaning I haven't been to Taco Bell in about 15 years, maybe 20 years, because ever since that report came through, you know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't been there since then. But in California, we have this lovely place called Del Taco. I know, yes like Taco Bell, but even better. Yes. And so that's where I go when I need that kind of uh, quick taco fix. Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of American well, American tacos. I make them, and uh, my family loves them. But I also love street tacos. And there's a, there's a truck literally like not even a quarter mile down the road right there that I'll go hit up every now and then. Okay, so you'd rather have that than than the beefy crunch yes, burrito. I would rather have just about anything. <laughs> okay. Now I want to add in one fact that Joni, you skipped over, which is that this fan vote that was on the Taco Bell app, it pitted the beefy crunch burrito. You really only had two choices, either that or the Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos. Yes. And this was the one where the taco show was made out of a cool ranch Dorito. I yeah. Know. Yeah. It, I mean, is that just like Swinging a baseball in the dark or a baseball bat in the dark or what? <laughs> it's just like, it's so sad. When I grew up, now Taco Bell started in California, right? The third one ever made, I believe the second or third franchise was on Lincoln Boulevard near Pico Boulevard in Santa Monica, where I grew up. And we used to go there when I was a kid and they had like five items, right? They had tacos, they had burritos. They had a thing called the Bell Beefer, right? The wow. Bell Beefer, which is like a burger, which but with taco meat and then a slice of cheese on a hamburger bun. Horrible. <laughs> Just absolutely horrible. But they had a thing called an Enchirito. I swear to God. The beef Enchirito was like an, a, uh, it was like a very thin flour tortilla. So the burrito part of it filled with hamburger meat right with sauce on it and cheese and um i was a fan of the enchirito gotta say and our producer olivia is saying that we covered the enchirito uh in a past episode maybe with with a different guest yeah i think it came back at one point maybe yeah i think maybe they brought back enchirito yeah i think they brought it back so that's what you you would prefer probably to bring that back over this beefy crunch burrito I would, I would, but you know what? They would still do something stupid to it, like you know, like like put Mountain Dew in it, or <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, like you know, something for the kids, right? Right, right, know, right, just right. to be fun, you know, just to zip it, give it a little zip. You're a little bit of a purist when it comes to adding like like Doritos, Cheetos to your Mexican food. Yeah, okay, I'm that's afraid fair. I am. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Jonah, I'm curious where you fall on this because this has some elements that I would think you would like, including I feel like you do you like a spicy Taco Bell creation. Yeah, I do. Um, I, you know, I generally won't eat the meat at Taco Bell 
If I'm right. going there, I'm getting Fair. like maybe a cheese quesadilla or bean and cheese. So yeah, I and and yeah, Fritos, flaming hot corn chips uh, on a burrito. I think it's it's. I do like spicy food, but this is just too many chemicals too too artificial. That's too many chemicals. Yeah. Nothing yeah. in this world is that color, right? <laughs> yes, right, like, right, right, right. It's like blue drinks. I don't. I've never drank blue drinks because you you haven't shown me anything in this world that's blue. Blueberries aren't blue. They're not yeah. blue. You know, but they always. For some reason, when people have to, like corporate people go, well, raspberry, we'll make that blue. Yeah. Why? Yeah. 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 Well, I will say, I would, this sounds like a nostalgia for both of you. Yeah. What about you, Vanessa? And I I would say it's a nostalgia for me as well, because if I was given this vote, I would vote for the Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Tacos, because... If I have to pick one, do you want Cool Ranch Doritos in your burrito or do you want flaming Hot flavored corn chips? I go, well, at least I like Cool Ranch Doritos. You know what I mean? So I call it a nostalgia, though, because it sounds overall pretty disgusting. And uh, should we move on to the next one? Sure. I think so. I just, for the, for the record, I'd just like to go on record saying that anything that has the word ranch in it, unless it's a mid-century ranch like my house, <laughs> I don't have anything to do with it. Don't want to have anything to do with it. Got it. No, I don't I don't like ranch dressing. <laughs> Not interested. Okay. I like ranch dressing, but I still try <laughs> to stay away from it because I think it's uh as, as we, we I not only think, I think it's a fact that it's not great for you. It's not. <laughs> now this next ranch. one, I thought this was interesting that this is making a comeback because I never I thought it was a new thing, but apparently it's not. Pour over coffee. Nowadays, everyone expects everything fast. Pop a pod in for a quick cup of coffee, etc. However, pour over coffee, a method of slowly pouring water over coffee grounds, is making a reappearance in coffee shops and homes. But almost as important as speed is quality. And the Chemex glass coffee maker is a big thing that people are starting to buy. And apparently, the pour over brewing method is around 120 years old. But it's only in recent times it's seen a massive following and increased development in the methodology behind it and the tools available for it. Now, how do you feel about pour-over coffee art? Is it a yes nostalgia or a nostalgia for you? I mean, that's what the Cowboys used to drink, right? That's what they used to drink. They I would... actually didn't know that because I would think that they would just drink like... It was before percolators. Percolators came out, I think, in the late 20s, early 30s. And that was a big deal for percolator. Right. I've got a Cuisinart coffee maker. Right. It kicks ass. I got a Starbucks down the street. Pretty good. Leave it yeah. alone. And I'm Fair. a coffee drinker. I drink coffee every day, at least one once or twice a day. You're not interested in this. You think just go along with the advancements we've made in coffee? Yeah, I'm I'm not a Luddite. I don't I don't I don't feel like you need to go back and you know I I I I, I don't need to uh I'm not a caveman. I don't need to cook everything on open flame. Right, 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 right. I don't need pour over coffee. Yeah. Okay. How do you feel, Jonah? Well, I have a lot of thoughts about this art. I make espresso at home. I have like espresso set up. It's really good. Pour over coffee to me. I used to have one of these. I, I don't know. I feel like you go to a coffee shop and it's like a guy with a spout pouring the thing and it takes so long. And it. I kind of feel the same as you. If I want a shot of espresso, that's good. Pull Pull the handle. Let's do it. But I'm not trying to stand around for 15 minutes while some someone's like dripping water over some filter. It's just not for me. It takes too long. I think it's kind of overrated. Yeah. And I, I don't think you're getting the value for the time spent yeah. either. Yeah. So you got to consider the time spent. Vanessa, I agree. I agree. Whenever I, 
I've never had one of these in my home. And whenever I've gone to a coffee shop and I've ordered a regular coffee and then the horror on my face when I realize they're going to do pour over and it's, I'm going to be there for like a half hour waiting for it. I'm like, Oh God, I should have just gotten like an espresso drink. So I would agree with you. I I know people are like, it's went so to Starbucks good. Though. Is what we yeah. Should have done. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a pour over fan. And I just think to both of your points, it's like a lot of waiting around and to what end? Okay, to what end? Because I I agree with you. Like, get a regular coffee maker, pretty good, you know? Let's not spend... If you're going to get rudimentary to me, and you're going to spend that five minutes, French press tastes... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. Exactly. I love a French press. It just takes too long. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to clean it. Sorry, go ahead, gentlemen. Yeah, my problem with the French press is I'm kind of clumsy. So those glass ones, I knock it off the counter... That's like thirty bucks gone. Whatever that could I, happen. I feel like I well, break there's them. a lot. A lot of coffee makers are glass. <laughs> so, so I, I think you got to deal now. with the root yeah, of that yeah, problem, yeah. Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of a nostalgia for all of us. Was that the last nostalgia? Because I'm enjoying these. These are fun. <laughs> this was the last one. I know, but we'll remind you of them. The first one is Pac-Man. It seemed like we were all yes, nostalgia for that. We all love Pac-Man. The second one was Beefy Grunch Burrito by Taco Bell. Sounds like we all were nostalgia on that. We we're all in agreement on all of these. And then Pour Over Coffee, which this is shocking to me because I thought because you're both kind of rocker dudes, you'd be like, oh, I love to spend it. You know what I mean? Like, this coffee's so good. Great jam. I, like we that's, don't my, act- that's my yeah. condescending impression of rock. I, I, well, thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think. I did go to I did go to UCLA film school for the record. And yeah, so that even more reason that you would like pour over coffee. <laughs> oh, oh! Can you cut sixteen millimeter real sixteen millimeter? Can you? Can you? Okay. No, you. This, this is what I'm saying. These real attention to detail over there. Well, only because I had only because I'm old, man. <laughs> you know, they didn't have digital systems. You know, back then, man. I love a good barista that knows how to make a good cup of coffee in a with a good coffee maker, I find it pretentious. Yeah. 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 You know, people are just thinking too hard. I think some people try try to find something that makes things cool because they're more difficult. Yeah. Cool. I remember I was somewhere on tour and this guy goes, you want to pour over? It's $2 more, but it's delicious. I'm like, sure. He goes, it takes about 10 minutes. And I'm like, You see that big bus out there? That's my (laughs) bus. He goes, are you waiting for the bus? No, the bus is waiting for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it works. But you know what? Hell with it. I'm paying for the bus. I'm the guy. Sure. Yeah. Take your pour over coffee, brother. Give me the flavor. Come on. Not impressed. Not impressed. Not Not impressed. It's all right. We don't need it. Yeah, that's how I feel. All right. I want to also just thank you for being a good sport. Because I feel like kind of embarrassing for me on some level being like, I've been listening to music for 25 years and now I have to ask you about the beefy crunch burrito. <laughs> we, we have a chance to talk. And so I appreciate you indulging that because part of me did not want to do that. And make me get insulted by your sister as well. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. It. That's I think it. I did insult. You know, I was I was looping Jonah into that category too of rock guys. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I haven't said anything about your bedspread and, and your, your many pillows on your bed. Now this is my guest room. So you're oh. you're welcome to stay here anytime, Art. So <laughs> so I can make up for insulting you. You have a place to stay. 
Well, thank you so much, Art. We really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And where can people find you if they want to check out your music and what you're doing? They can go to everclear.com, everclearonline.com, and you can see all our tour dates. You can buy tickets, you can buy VIP packages. Wow. We've got all sorts of shows. We've got a live album called Live at the Whiskey A Go-Go with two new songs on it. And we're doing a video for the single, which is called Sing Away. So that's what we got going on. Wow. Thank you guys for asking. Yeah. Olivia, thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much. And this was really fun. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones, like things from our childhood that we try to bring back and put on in our riders if we are lucky enough to have them, which we are. So thank you so much. This was so much fun, Art. Thank you. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.